0: Isaiah 50, verse 4. And the word of the Lord reads The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning, He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame, and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they all grow old like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and the sparks you have kindled. This you shall have for my hand. You shall lie down in torment. You may be seated. So the book of Isaiah, we can really divide it in two halves. The first 39 chapters are speaking of judgment. Then we come to chapter 40, and Isaiah begins to give hope, to give encouragement. Yes, they are going into judgment. They are going into this very dark time. But Isaiah is giving them hope. in the second half of Isaiah, where he's giving them hope, there are four passages that Isaiah looks hundreds and hundreds of years ahead, you can say, and speaks of the servant of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is being spoken of as we see in these verses today. And what Isaiah is doing, this is uh, three out of four, this is the third. Servant psalm speaking, uh, song speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what Isaiah is doing here, remember the people of Israel are about to go into this very dark time of judgment 70 years in a very dark time. So, what Isaiah is doing here, he's encouraging them the one for them who is to come. Went through a very dark time and his life as well. And he was able to persevere. He was able to overcome his dark time. And Isaiah is giving them, giving them encouragement on how they can persevere this dark time. They seem they're gonna feel like they're walking in darkness. God has abandoned them, but Isaiah is giving them encouragement. And I know. Perhaps many of you in here this morning, in your Christian life, you feel like you're in the darkness. You don't know where to turn. You know what you're supposed to do. Okay, I'm supposed to read my Bible. I'm supposed to say my prayers. But you're like, okay, but honestly, I have no desire to be in the word of God. I have no desire to pray. I'm just in a time of darkness in my Christian walk. What am I supposed to do? How can I even get out? Can I overcome this time? And that's what, Lord willing, I would like to speak on today, overcoming dark times. So, verse 4, we see the dark time of our Lord. So verse four, he says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So here's Jesus Christ speaking. And he's saying, the Lord God, my father, has given me the tongue of the learned that I may know how to speak a word to him who is weary. You know, when someone is weary, or like we're talking about today, someone's going through a dark time, you know, they don't just need you to come and throw some scripture at them. The Lord God gave Jesus Christ the tongue of the Lord that he should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. And it's the same thing with us. As we minister to our brothers, minister to our sisters, we must be in the word of God. Study Christ Jesus. If you want to know how to speak, study Jesus Christ. And call unto God that he will give you the tongue of the Lord to know how to speak a word to him who is weary. We see the consistency of Christ Awaken morning by morning. God opens his ear to hear as to learn. You might say, why did Jesus Christ need to learn anything? Well, because Jesus Christ was 100% man. Remember what Luke said about him? And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And this is very encouraging for us because if Jesus Christ just came, And he was a God and went through what he did, went through that dark time. We're like, of course, he's God. But he was a man. A man just like you. A human. So consistently, he's awakened by God to learn. He says, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So we see the obedience of Christ. But, you know, it's easy a lot of times to obey when things are good. You know, we're talking about dark times in your Christian life. When you're not going through a dark time, and it seems, I mean, you just love the Lord. You're overflowing with love, your desires. It's pretty easy to get into the Word of God. It's pretty easy to pray. It's pretty easy to walk in obedience. But let's look at this obedience of Christ. He says, I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. What is he speaking of? Verse six. I gave my back to those who struck me. And my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. This is what Jesus Christ was obedient to do. He did not rebel against this. He did not turn away from this. His entire life was building up to this moment. And his entire life, he continued to take one step at a time forward to do the will of his father when he was twelve years old in the temple. He said, "Shall I not be in my father's house?" even at twelve years old, The revelation was coming. remember he is learning, but the revelation of the will of God for him was coming, and then when it gets up to that hour you you just think. I mean, Jesus Christ, when he was in that garden, after he prayed, he could have ran off. But when the soldiers came, when all of them came with the weapons and everything, he knew they were there. He didn't hide behind his disciples. He went forward and he said, whom do you seek?" He knew exactly everything that was coming. But Jesus Christ went forward in obedience to his father. Jesus Christ went through a very dark time. We see, I gave my back to those who struck me. And we know Jesus Christ was taken. He was stripped naked and they ripped his back to shreds. I mean, many people would even die from just simply getting scourged the way he did and his back was ripped to shreds. Where is God in this time? It might seem like God has forsaken his son. He says, "In my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I couldn't imagine that pain. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. You know, if there's one thing that would insult a man, that would cause that man to want to retaliate, it will be spitting in his face. But as Peter tells us, that when he was reviled, when he was insulted, he did not insult him in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges Justly. And Jesus Christ went through this very dark time in his life, and it's not just physically, it's spiritually. On that cross, as he bore the sins of all his people through all the ages, on that cross, when he suffered the wrath of God in Isaiah 53, the next servant Psalm says, it pleased the Lord to crush him. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This very dark time in the life of our Lord. But how did Christ overcome this time? How did he endure? After his beard was plucked out, after they spat in his face, after he was beaten, how did he continue to endure? How did he carry the beams of his cross? How did he continue to move forward? He did not turn back. He was not rebellious. How? Verse seven gives us the answer. Jesus Christ speaks. He says, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. So here, Jesus Christ, even in the midst of this, he can set his face like a flint. We see this in Luke chapter 9, where he steadfastly sets his face to go to Jerusalem, knowing everything that would come upon him. He was able to set his face to do the will of God. Because as he says, for the Lord God will help me because he trusts in God. It's like I can trust my God. It doesn't matter what everything looks like. It doesn't matter my circumstances. It doesn't matter the pain. It doesn't matter the darkness. I can trust my God because I know my God. I know the Lord my God. And therefore, because I know him, I can trust in him and I will not be disgraced. I will not be ashamed. I can set my face like a flint to do his will in this very dark time because I know him. You know, Isaiah says back in chapter 28, which is quoted in the New Testament a few times, he who believes in him will not be put to shame. You know, Many times we may think of that, oh, that's in regard to salvation because Paul uses it. For example, he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he quotes that scripture. We can think, oh, yeah, that's just for salvation. No, that's any and every time. If you trust in the Lord, if you believe in him, you will not be put to shame. You can trust in him. He's not going to let you down. He puts his name on the line. Do you think God? will be a liar. It is impossible for him to lie. He puts his name, he puts his glory on the line. He says, if I fail, if I fail to keep my word to you, I am a liar. And therefore, I am not God. Do you think God is going to fail you? Believe in him. Trust in him. And whatever you are going through, man can fail you. God will not fail you. He cannot fail you. Oh, I'm not sure what you may be going through this morning, but trust in your God. Trust in it. So we see in verse eight, he says, he is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near me. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he? Will condemn me. Indeed, they all will grow old like a garment. The moth shall eat them up. So, here Jesus Christ, as he trusts in his God, he's proclaiming his God, all of his enemies, over all of his enemies. He's like, Yeah, all of you guys contend with me. You're my adversaries, but my God is on my side, and surely the Lord God will help me. Who are you? You know, Here, we kind of hear an echo, or we can say Romans chapter 8 is the echo of these verses. When Paul says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is there to condemn. It is Christ who died, furthermore, who is risen, who sits at the right hand of God. And who makes intercession or who prays for us. So just as Jesus Christ was able to persevere through this dark time, trusting in the name of the Lord, his God, we have the same God as our Lord Jesus Christ. Often we might be like, oh, he was the son of God. God has a special love for him. That he doesn't have for us. Well, there's a sense, yes, he is the only begotten Son. But the same love that God has for Christ, he has for his people. We don't have time, but we can go to John 17 and see that Jesus Christ prays for that very thing. So, this is how the Lord Jesus Christ endures his hard time, his dark time. So here Isaiah is telling Israel, yes, those first 39 chapters, they're true, and they're coming upon you, and you're going to go through 70 years of a very dark time. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ went through a very dark time in his life, and he Was able to endure by trusting in his God, relying upon his God. So we see here that Jesus was called to be a minister, given the tongue of the Lord to speak to him who is weary. He was called to minister to God and he went through a very, very dark time. You know, and a lot of times, as a minister, which it's, it's not just myself, Jeff and Sean as pastors. It's all of you. I mean, Peter tells us that you, speaking to all Christians, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people to proclaim the praises of him who brought you out of his, out of the darkness into his marvelous light. That's each and every one of you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are ministers. And many times God will put you through a dark time so that you can minister to those who are going through dark times. You know, I usually wouldn't speak of myself, but I think this calls for this at this time, but I myself, I don't know when how long it's been. Um, Every time I try to think back, I remember some before, but I'll at least say probably since this summer. I've been going through a very dark time. By God's grace, he kept me obedient. But to be honest, uh, I come to my Bible and half the time after I read, The only reason I know what was there is because I know the Bible, not because I just read it. My mind is somewhere else. It comes time to pray. I'm just ready for it to be over. I I don't really want to pray. God kept me faithful by his grace. But as I have been for a few weeks, really, in this passage, the Lord has used it to really bring me out of that. So I just wanna encourage you guys that you may be going through a dark time in your Christian life right now, but the same God that pulled Jesus Christ out of his dark time, that pulled me out of my dark time, can pull you out. You can overcome that dark time. And it all comes down to the same thing. It's not one way for Christ, one way for me, one way for you, one way. No, there's one way and one way only, and it's trusting in the Lord God. So now verse 10, Isaiah turns. He turns from speaking about Christ and he turns to the Israelites or he turns to you. Anyone in here who may be going through a dark time and he comes to encourage you that just as Christ was able to overcome and persevere, you can as well. And in verse 10, he says, who among you fears the Lord who obeys the voice of his servant?" So he's speaking to one who is obviously a Christian. He fears the Lord. He obeys the voice of his servant. The servant is the Lord Jesus Christ. You might be saying, I I fear the Lord. I obey Christ. But it seems like God doesn't care about that. God's just left me in the darkness, as we see in the next two statements. He says, who walks in darkness and has no light. You're like, I know God is faithful. I believe. I really do believe. I know that I should be in the word of God, trusting in him, knowing him more. As in Psalm 9, it says, he who knows God puts his trust in him. I know I should be growing in the knowledge of God, that I might trust him more. I know I should be praying, calling out to him. I know his promises that he's made uh, concerning prayer. I know he's faithful, but that doesn't change how I feel right now. I have no desire for the word of God. I have no desire to pray, I'm just in darkness. I know God says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, but for some reason, he has left me in this dark time. What am I to do? Well, we already mentioned it. We see he says, let us, let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. But as I mentioned, in Psalm 9, I believe it's verse 10, it says, those who know God will put their trust in him. It's very hard to put your trust in someone whom you don't know much about. You know, when. Like I said, Isaiah is divided. After chapter 39, he turns from judgment. And the first thing he does, we don't have time to turn there and work through it. I'll just quote some of it, but the first thing he does is not tell the people, oh, well, you know, everything's going to be good. I mean, yeah, this judgment is coming, but everything's going to be good. Everything will work out. It'll be just fine. But the first thing he does, he says, Isaiah, I want you to comfort my people. And you tell them this. Behold your God. If you're going through a dark time right now, where do you need to put your focus? You need to behold your God. God, he says, behold, the Lord God comes with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, his works before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd, gather the lambs in his arm, carry them in his bosom, gently lead those who are with young. You need a shepherd right now, someone to lead you through that dark time. Behold your God. He says he has measured the waters in the palm of his hands, measured the heavens with the span of his hand. He calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He set the mountains in balance, the hills in scales. If God takes the care to even calculate the dust of the earth, do you not think he cares about one whom he sent his son to die for? You can trust in him. You can behold your God. That's how we go through these dark times, by beholding our God. Isaiah continues. He says, who has directed the spirit of the Lord, who by counsel has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? Who instructed him? who taught him the path of justice, who taught him knowledge, who's given him understanding. God has an understanding that you don't even have of your dark time. He knows you better than you know yourself. He is perfect in counsel and wisdom. God has such a knowledge that he's considered every potential and has gone with the best one. We can't even understand that, you know. We're going through for Samuel right now. When we get to chapter twenty-three, we'll see this situation where David he goes to this city and he prays and asks God. He's like, "God, will Saul come to this city?" And God's like, "Yes." You're like, "How does God know that? How does God know it never happened?" He says. Well, if Saul comes to this city, will the people deliver me up to him? God's like, yes. Wait, that never happened. That's impossible. How can you know that? This is the knowledge of our God. And God who is perfect in wisdom. You can trust him. You can rely upon him. He's far wiser than you can even Imagine Isaiah continues. He says, The nations are a drop in the bucket. They're counted as small dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands, a very little thing. Lebanon is not sufficient to burn or its beast for burnt offerings. It's like, what can you give to this God? He's like, All nations before him are nothing, counted as less than nothing and useless says, to whom shall we liken God? To what likeness shall we compare him? He says, the craftsman molds an image, the goldsmith overlays it with gold, the silversmith casts silver chains, and whoever is too poor for such a contribution, let him look for a tree that does not rot and seek out a skillful craftsman that can create an image that will not be moved. So Isaiah here, he's like, you're trying to liken God to these idols? seriously and he says he turns to them and says have you not heard have you not known have you not been told from the beginning have you not understood from the foundation of the earth it is he who sits above the circle of the earth its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who makes the rulers of this world nothing its judges useless he says scarcely they are planted Scarcely they are sown, scarcely their stock take roots, roots in the earth, but God will blow on them, and they will wither, and with the whirlwind they'll be taken away like stubble. Isaiah is like, look, do you not know who your God is? Look, all the rulers of this world. God, He He plants them, He puts them in their place. We say, oh, we need a Christian president to do God's will. No, we don't. God will accomplish his will through anyone he chooses to use. And God will not fail. You can trust in him. You say, well, we we have bad leadership in this country. I don't know what we're going to do. Trust in God. Don't trust in your president. Don't trust in whoever it may be. Trust in God. Because God's the one. Who will not fail? God's the one whose will will be done. And God's the one who has a love for you you cannot even understand. And you may feel like you're in the darkness, but he's right there. He's not hiding his face. He is right there. Know your God. Behold your God. Trust in your God. And then God himself stands up. And he says, To whom shall you liken me? To whom shall be my equal, says the Holy One? He says, Lift up your eyes on high. See who created these things, who brings out the stars by number, who calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might, the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Not one of them. You know, if you consider all the people on the earth, and you give each one of them a star, that wouldn't even cover a fraction of our galaxy. And there's hundreds of billions of galaxies beyond ours. And many we have not even uh, discovered. However, God has given every star a name. If he's that intimate with this creation, He didn't send his son to die for the stars. He doesn't have an everlasting love for the stars. But he's that intimate and concerned with them. What does that mean about you? Christian, brother, sister, you can trust in your God. He says, how can you say, O Israel, or speak Judah? 116, how can you say that Your way, the way you're living in your darkness, your way is hidden from the Lord. And your prayers, he passes by. How can you say that? He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not grow faint nor weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and those without strength. He increases might, For even youths grow tired and weary. And young men, they shall stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, rely upon their God. Even in the dark times, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. You can trust in your God. And then he finishes this passage in verse 11. And he gives a warning. Because many times in these dark times that you go through, that I go through, that we all go through. We have, we're faced with a choice. Are we going to walk, remember the word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Are we going to trust God and walk in the light of his word? Or are we going to follow our own light, our own counsel, the counsel of our friends? So he gives us a warning because we need both sides. You know, sometimes we're like, "Oh, I like the promises of God, but I don't like the warnings." No, we need both. Because faith reacts to them both. Faith doesn't just react to the promises of God, but the warnings of God as well. You know, some of the warnings of God, you might read them and be like, "Huh. Well, I'm a Christian, that doesn't apply to me." Well, that that's Not a very good response because faith actually believes that warning and says, because I believe it, I'm going the opposite direction. And therefore, God uses the warnings in scripture. They're his love. I mean, would you not warn your child? And if you being evil would do such a thing, how much more your father in heaven? So here, God gives us a warning, verse 11. He says, look, all you who kindle, kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks. So in that dark time you may be going through, you may be tempted. Oh, you know what? I know the Bible says the word of God is my light. But right now, that's not working. So I have to make my own light. I have to, as we see, he says, who encircle yourselves with sparks. I encircle myself not with the people of God who are going to give me the word of God, who are going to encourage me to trust in my God. I'm going to encircle myself with people That'll give me counsel against the word of God. But hey, at least it works. You know, in um, Proverbs chapter 30, when Asaph is praying, he prays to the Lord, Lord, don't give me too little that I steal and profane your name. And sometimes in those dark times, we're like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to obey the Lord, but I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do that right now. I mean, I I know I'm not supposed to forsake the assembly, but I really need to work seven days a week. I I, I can't afford to go to church right now. Or I know I'm supposed to honor the Lord with my finances, with my first fruits, but bills are piling up. (coughs) We can go on and on, but there's many ways. We seek to walk in our own light. And we see, he says, look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and the sparks you have kindled. It's like, okay, continue walking in your own light, following counsel, which is against mine. And he says this, this you shall have from my hand. You shall lie down. And torment. So, like I said, as Christians, our faith takes a hold of that warning and says, I believe that if I seek to walk according to my own light and not according to the light of the Word of God, that pathway leads to hell, leads to eternal torment. Therefore, I will walk in the light of the word of God. I will keep seeking, trusting in the name of the Lord, relying upon my God. And I pray that God will grant you grace this morning to do that. See, many times these dark times are a testing period. And really, just like we see with the so when the seeds, the parables that Jesus Christ tells that this really reveals who is truly a Christian. Or as Peter says, test the genuineness of your faith, the authenticity of your faith, because many professed believers, they'll believe when everything is good, but then they come through this time of darkness. And they're like, I can't handle this. And they light their own fire and they walk in that way. Unless they repent, it does end in torment. I know everyone in here this morning is not one who, as we see in verse 10, fears the Lord and obeys the voice of Christ. But if you continue to walk in your own light, according to your own counsel, living for yourself, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. And you're like, I'm not doing that. Why would I obey the voice of his servant who tells me to do that? I'm going to live for myself. I'm going to walk in my own life. He says, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. You're like, lose my life for some invisible person that apparently doesn't care about me. Listen, this warning is in his love. Because he didn't have to bring you here this morning. He could have left you and said, okay, like we see here, walk in the light of your fire and the sparks you have kindled. He could have left you to do that, but he didn't. In his love, he brought you here to hear this so that you can fear the Lord and that you can come to him. He says, he who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You can come to him. You say, well, well, I'm far too bad. I've, I've done far too many sins. Come to him. Like I said before, when he promises something, he puts his name on the line. So either he is a liar when he says, he who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. When he says, he who believes in me will by no means be put to shame. Be disappointed. Either he is a liar, or if you come to him, he will save you. He will give you a new heart and a new spirit. He will take out your heart of stone, replace it with the heart of flesh. He will put his spirit into you and cause you to walk in his statues. Trust in God. This is who God is. If you want to have one focus for the rest of your life, get to know God through Christ Jesus the Lord. Jesus says, John 17, 3, this is eternal life. You want me to sum it all up for you? You want me to sum up the whole Christian life? You want me to sum up even what you'll be doing for all eternity in heaven? He says, this eternal life that they might know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one he has sent. This is where you put your focus. And I'm not saying as soon as you begin to know your God, put your trust in him, rely on him, you're just going to pop out of that dark time. But I will say this. You will receive strength to persevere as long as the Lord will have you in that time. And you will, not might, you will come out of that dark time and God's timing. So trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon your God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, that we can trust in your word. Because it isn't just trusting in a book, it is trusting in God. It is your word. You have spoken this and you have recorded it for us. Father, I don't know what everyone in this room is going through. But I pray that by your spirit, you'll apply this message to each and every one of them according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.